Good morning. So glad to have all of you guys here out this morning. Really looking forward to worshiping with you guys this morning. Just want to go over a couple of announcements. I'd encourage you to open up your bulletin. Today's flowers have been placed by Tom Brad, Bradway and family in loving memory of Cindy Bradway. If you look into this week's opportunities, you'll see that tonight the youth group is going to be having their black light party. This is one of the things that we do every year. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, so that'll be tonight starting at 6 o'clock, a little earlier than normal, but 6 o'clock will be the black light party. We're also having our hymn sing at 6.30 tonight as well. Uh, this week, uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, we're having the women's Bible study with Dale. They had their first session this past week. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things from it, so they're continuing that this upcoming week. Uh, on Tuesday night, there's also a combined deacons and trustee meeting. On Friday is going to be the heart-to-heart -heart, uh, group picnic. That's going to be um, at Diane Peterson's house. Uh, it'll be starting at noon. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back, and please, even if you've signed up, please go back and indicate on that sign-up sheet uh, what dish or dessert you plan to bring. Um, just want to uh, try to make sure everything's squared away with that. We also want to let you guys know that you're invited to a sing-along at Marion Gardens. It's, gonna, it's each Thursday from 2 to 3, led by Jeanette. Uh, it's a program that includes some hymns and choruses and some secular uh, music. The program varies from week to week, but uh, you guys are encouraged to come out and really uh, support it and sing along with the residents of Marion Gardens. Uh, we also have a note in here about small group ministries. We've been st uh, we started small group ministries back in January. Things have been going really well. Uh, but if you guys would like to become a part of that ministry, you'd like to join in and get, get plugged into a small group, get involved, we encourage you uh, just to talk with uh, me or uh, Dave Fedora or Mike or Bev McGowan, and we'd love to get you involved in the small group ministry. Uh, looking ahead, we did want to just put out an announcement for those in small groups, the small group leaders and supporters. Uh, we're going to be having a meeting uh, September, 20, or September 18th. Um, it'll be Monday, September 18th. Uh, those are all the announcements that we have, so let's open our service with a word of prayer. Lord, we do praise you for this morning. We praise you for the opportunity that we have to come out. Um, Lord, it's a, it's a rainy day, but Lord, it's a beautiful day. It's, you bless us with the rain, and we thank you for that this morning. And Lord, I pray that here uh, during the service we'd be uh, a time of joy, a time of celebration, a time of rejoicing in you and all that you've done for us. I pray that you would uh, just work in our hearts this morning, that we would lift up our voices and our hearts in praise to you. Pray that it would be all for your honor and your glory. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Psalm 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them, sing ever, let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Please stand as we rejoice in our Lord.
be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our lighthouse, that you are the light of the world, that you are our rock, our guide, uh, our light pointing us which way to go, directing our steps, guiding us along. And Lord, because you're our lighthouse, we can go deeper with you. We can go uh, deep upon the ocean of life. Lord, we can go wherever you want us to go and do the things that you have for us, knowing that you'll light the way, you'll protect our steps. 
And so, Lord, we praise you this morning for being our God and Father. We praise you for being the ever-present light in our lives. And we thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, who's the light, uh, to, to reign in our hearts, to, uh, to carry us along, uh, that we can draw on a relationship with Jesus and follow you. Lord, we need you to be the, the lighthouse this morning. So many different needs, so many uh, people in need of uh, direction, uh, in need of light, in need of healing. We uh, give these requests to you today. We pray for Gail Brown. We thank you, Lord, for the progress that she's making. We pray, Lord, that her foot will continue to heal. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, she would be comfortable with the cast and that, uh, Lord, you would just uh, carry her through this time of uh, of pain and injury and physical therapy. We pray for continued healing for Gail. Lord, we pray for uh, Dave Fedora this morning. And Lord, we know he had a, a very uh, busy week uh, in the hospital and uh, recovering. We thank you, Lord, that he's back home. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would touch Dave's body and bring healing to it. We pray that his lung would heal. We thank you, Lord, that he doesn't have to have the, the chest tube in anymore. Uh, we just pray for total healing. We pray for relief from the pain. We pray, Lord, that Dave can get his, uh, his energy back, his strength back, uh, catch a, a second wind. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you'll give him a very restful day today. Uh, we, Lord, we pray for uh, Linda Lay's niece, Jenny. And, Lord, we uh, pray for, for Jenny and the whole family at the tragic loss of this child. We pray for mercy. We pray for your comfort. We pray you would be the, the God of all comfort uh, for Jenny and for, for Karen and the family. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would bring the peace that passes all understanding as only you can. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would heal their broken hearts. And, uh, Lord, that they would just sense your presence with them. Uh, they would know that you love them, that you're with them. And you would just uh, help Jenny and her husband through this time of, of tragedy. Lord, we pray for Mike Baines, and uh, we pray, Lord, that the antibiotics would be helpful to him. We pray, Lord, that he would make a complete recovering for, recovery from the pink eye. Lord, we pray for Raylan Masso, and uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that she was able to have this uh, tongue-tie procedure this week. Uh, we pray for healing. We pray for improved eating for Raylan. Lord, we pray for Patrick Foster, and Lord, we praise you for answered prayer for Patrick. We thank you, Lord, that the scans show that the cancer has shrunk. We pray, Lord, for continued uh, shrinking of the cancer. We pray, Lord, for continued healing. Uh, we pray for Patrick as he's set to get the feeding tube out, and we pray, Lord, that uh, he's able to have that done. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the improvement of health you've given to Patrick. Lord, we pray for uh, Jeanette Harrington this morning. And uh, Lord, we uh, know that she's just not uh, feeling right. She knows that something's wrong. We pray that the doctors can determine exactly what it is. Uh, Lord, we uh, pray over the results of this uh, liver ultrasound. Uh, we pray, Lord, that the doctors will know what to do there. We also pray for this bone marrow biopsy that's happening on Thursday. Uh, Lord, we just uh, pray that uh, you would give Jeanette courage as she goes for these tests. Uh, we pray for good results of these tests. We do pray, Lord, that uh, the cancer would stay away and, uh, Lord, that you would just protect Jeanette through these things. Lord, we pray this morning for uh, Aiden Hogate, uh, who's down at, uh, or up at college, down at college, and uh, has been diagnosed with COVID. Uh, we pray, Lord, that he would uh, make a good recovery. We also pray that you would help him with uh, attending class and 
uh, getting his uh, work caught up as he's not going to be able to go to class uh, now for a while. We pray, Lord, that you would help him to catch up on all the assignments. We also pray for Naomi's daughter, Tina, as she's recovering from the fall. We pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to her arm. We pray for one of our uh, missionary families. We pray for Jane Kilko, who uh, suffered a stroke and also had a pacemaker put in. Uh, Lord, a lot, of, a lot of serious things there. And so we pray that you'll be with uh, uh, Robert and Jane Kilko and help Jane to recover uh, from these things. Lord, we pray for also for Herb Curden, our missionary of the month. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, give him opportunities to, to preach your word. We pray this morning for uh, all our fall activities once again. We uh, look forward to the start of Gopher Buddies, Olympians. Uh, we thank you for Bible studies starting up. And all the ladies who came out this past week, we pray for your continued blessing there. We pray for uh, the Black Light Party tonight, and we pray that this will be a good time in youth group. We pray that uh, many kids will uh, come out to it, and uh, it will be a great kickoff to the start of uh, youth programs this fall. We also pray, Lord, for widows and widowers today. We pray for the, the picnic that they're having on Friday at Diane's house. We pray that that'll be a, a good time of fellowship. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, comfort all our, our widows and widowers. We pray that you would give them many fond memories of their spouse. And, uh, Lord, that uh, they would look to you for, uh, uh, for emotional healing. We pray once again for our parents, students, and teachers as school begins uh, has begun last week and uh, now uh, really first full week is this week. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, help the students to do well, help the teachers to, to do their best unto you, give the parents wisdom as different things come up. We pray, Lord, for safety in our schools. We pray for a, a successful school year as kids uh, learn more about this world you've created and, uh, Lord, they walk in the plans that you have for them. We give all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask at this time if Barbara Peterson could please come forward to the platform. And uh, once you get here, if you'd like to uh, sit on our, our lovely bench. Uh, you know, we're uh, all in back to school mode now, and uh, it seems uh, good timing and appropriate, and it's with great joy that we set aside a special moment to honor one of our Sunday school teachers. Uh, Barb retired over the pandemic and uh, she was taking care of her dad during that time. For 40 years, Barbara Peterson has faithfully taught Sunday school and primary departments. Uh, we think of all the students that uh, came into her class over those 40 years, all the Bible lessons and stories that she was able to share with the kids during those years. Did you, were you using the flannel graph for some of those? And the flannel graphs and, and everything. Uh, all the memory verses that, uh, that, you, that you shared with the kids. Uh, one such verse, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what Barbara's doing, helping children understand God's word, helping them hide it in their hearts. Uh, Barbara's taught with excellence. She has taught with Christ's love and given us an example to follow. Uh, I think about Barb's kindness through all the years, all the, the notes and, and uh, letters that you've sent to kids and to parents, all the cards, and uh, we're just thankful for that. We're thankful for all our Sunday school teachers, and uh, we're especially thankful for Barb today and her labor of love to the people of this church. 
Uh, before we continue, we're going to hear from uh, uh, hear a brief tribute from one of her former students. Our own JV is going to share a, a memory or two with us. So, JV, come. Well, first of all, I definitely remember the phonographs. Uh, we use those a lot. Um, but I am so blessed to have been able to grow up in this church and have many Sunday school teachers like Barb to be dedicated to teaching children about Jesus. And I know that who I am today is in part due to her faithfulness to God to teach children. Um, and I have so many fun memories. Actually, one of my favorites was when she would have us come to her house for a Sunday school party. Um, I got my first bee sting at her house, so always gonna remember that, but she took good care of me. Um, and I just think that, um, you know, the Bible talks so much about bringing children to God and shepherding a child's heart. And she did that so faithfully, showing up to church, taking time to prepare lessons, to sing songs with us, to help us learn scripture. And that is not lost on me that I had the opportunity to be taught about Christ's love from a young age. And, um, my one encouragement is she's been doing this for 40 years and I do a lot of children's ministry now. I love it. I love pouring into children and I am encouraged from her example to continue doing that myself. And I just think that as a church, we have a really great opportunity to love on children and follow the example of people like Barb. So thank you, Barb, for all of your love and all your time and commitment throughout the years. And um, I look forward to continuing your legacy in this church. All right, we have a, a couple of uh, gifts for you today. Uh, these flowers here are, are for you, so you can either take them as you go back to your seat or pick them up at the end of service, uh, whatever you would uh, prefer. Uh, we also have a plaque. And I want to uh, read the words of the, uh, the plaque. Uh, it goes with our shining star theme <clears throat> that we uh, were working on this summer. It says, shining star Barbara Peterson for 40 years of faithful service to the Lord at QBC Sunday School. So Barb, if you want to come get your plaque and let's show her again uh, our appreciation to her. <laughs> Did you want to say anything about that? Well, I must give all praise and glory to God for giving me the ability to teach. I wanted to teach school uh, ever since I was eight or 10 years old. And I've been blessed by all the students I've had. I've been blessed with all the teachers I've worked with. And I must give Patsy Fox uh, a big shout out because she's the one who took me under her wings and I started teaching Sunday school Oh, back in the late 70s, I think it was. And I taught first grade. And she also roped me into doing Bible school when I went to high school. So I just uh, want to thank her and all the support I've had from parents through the years. And it's just nice to see 
so many of my students still in church and Sunday school today. Uh, and Jessica, thank you so much for the kind words. And I just pray for each and every one of my students that they would have a love for the Lord and that they would serve him in some capacity during their lifetime. Thank you. As we sing this next song, children in first through third are dismissed for Children's Church. Please stand. Be seated. I'd encourage you to open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 2. I'll be reading Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed, daubed it with uh, bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it, and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to the bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. 
When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. All right, let's talk babies, right? We love babies. We love to uh, snuggle babies in our arms. They're new and special and beautiful. Uh, we love to watch babies grow and discover new things. Uh, but we understand that having a baby is a big responsibility. When you have a baby, you have to think, wow, I'm in charge of this baby. I have to keep them safe and healthy. Babies are small. They're fragile. We don't want to see them get hurt. And a lot's been done in our society in order to protect babies, as it should be. Medically, we want to protect the babies. We give them uh, hepatitis vaccines when they're young and other vaccines to keep them healthy. In the car, there are special car seats designed to protect baby. Outside, we uh, give the baby suntan lotion. We put a hat on them to keep them safe from the sun. At home is where you really see uh, baby safety, uh, gate shields, oven locks, socket guards, crib rails, safety latches, video monitors, baby-proofing drawers are all a part of making the home a safe place for babies. Babies need a lot of protection. And when all else fails, if none of those things work, you can always cover your baby in bubble wrap. All right, don't do that. I, that's actually a, probably a pretty bad idea. All right. Well, I bring all this up because today we're going to be talking about God's protection and another baby that needed to be kept safe. We're in a new series on Moses going deeper with God. Last week we learned that God is in the backstory. And uh, I hope you had a chance this week to think about your backstory and the different events that God put in your life. We talked about the three parts of Moses' backstory. The death of Joseph, the new Pharaoh, and those Hebrew midwives. God was already uh, protecting Moses and others through those midwives. And so as we turn to chapter 2 of Exodus, we continue to see God's protection over Moses. And so our plan for the day is to review the story, and then we'll make some points uh, about God's protection. So here we go. Chapter 2, verse 1, tells us that there's a Levite couple who conceived a son. And that's very interesting because we know that the Levites were going to become a priestly tribe. Moses would, would come from the tribe of Levi. The first verse doesn't tell us the name of Moses' parents, but we do learn their names later on. Exodus chapter 6, verse 20 says, Amram took as his wife Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. Uh, so Amram and Jochebed are the name of Moses' parents. Amram means mighty nation, and Jochebed means God's glory. So some very good names. Amram and Jochebed already had two other children at this time, a daughter named Miriam and a son named Aaron. Jochebed becomes pregnant with the third child. And normally this would be a happy time. This should be an exciting time. Yes, she, she became pregnant again. She was going to have a third. 
But given the circumstances, it was a time of great concern. Moses was born to a culture of death. When the midwives refused to kill the babies as Pharaoh had ordered, Pharaoh then commanded that the Hebrew baby boys be thrown into the Nile River. There were uh, no ultrasounds back then to discover the sex of the baby. There was no gender reveal parties. And so Jochebed didn't know if she would be having a boy of, or a girl. Jochebed didn't know if this baby she was having was going to be in serious danger. Well, the time goes by, and indeed, Jochebed gives birth to a son. There's a lot of debate as to the adjective used there in the verse. The ESV translates it as a fine child. Uh, the K King James has it as a goodly child. The Hebrew word there just means beautiful. It was a beautiful child. And I think the idea is that Jochebed loved her son. Jochebed knew that her son was special and that her child was worth saving. So Jochebed hides Moses for three months, tries to keep him out of sight as much as possible. But you know how babies are. Babies grow. Babies get bigger. Babies get louder. And so at some point, the friends, the neighbors, even the Egyptians we're going to know that she had a baby. She had a child in her home. Jochebed would have to find some other way to protect Moses. So she takes a basket made of bulrushes. The papyrus reed is green and triangular in form. It can grow up to 10 feet in length. It grows on the banks of the Nile in marshy areas. And the bulrushes are used to make a basket. She covers that basket with tar and with pitch. This was so it would be watertight and that no water would be able to seep in to that basket. In the basket, she lays baby Moses along the banks of the river. We see some similarities here to the story of Noah. Uh, in the book of Genesis, Noah was saved by an ark in the water. Well, here in Exodus, Moses is saved by a basket, a tiny ark, if you will, uh, in the water. And Jochebed shows great faith in God by putting Moses in the basket and sending him down the river. She's a great mother of faith. Jochebed literally, literally takes her hands off the life of her child and leaves him to the will of God. Very difficult for a mother to do that. Jochebed uh, sends Miriam to watch what happens. Uh, Miriam, again, is Moses' sister. She would be able to watch from a distance. Miriam, as a young girl, could stay hidden easier, and she would report back to her mom everything that took place. So Moses begins to float down the river. And the Bible tells us the daughter of Pharaoh comes down to bathe. This was a normal occurrence. The Nile was considered a sacred river, and so they would they'd want to uh, go to the Nile and bathe in it. Pharaoh's daughter comes down to bathe. She notices a basket among the reeds. No doubt she was curious. What, what is this basket doing there? What was in the basket? 
And so the, her servants bring the basket to her. She opens the basket. Of course, behold, it's the baby. The baby was crying, which lets her know that the baby was alive. Pharaoh's daughter gazes upon baby Moses, and it's love at first sight. Right? She took pity on him, which really is amazing because of who she is and really who her father is. She's the daughter of Pharaoh who has no pity, and yet Pharaoh's daughter has great pity on him. Her heart goes out to the child. Pharaoh's daughter determines that this is a Hebrew child. You say, well, how'd she know that? Well, there were physical differences between how the Jewish uh, babies looked and how the Egyptians looked, and no Egyptian baby needed to be hidden, just the Jewish children. And so what would Pharaoh's daughter do? Would she take the baby in or let the baby die in the Nile? To let him live would be to defy her father's edict to kill the Hebrew baby boys. It's at this point that Miriam speaks up. You know what courage Miriam must have had that, that she spoke to a princess. Miriam asks if she should get a nurse for the baby. And that's really a great question. Because surely the baby will need a nurse if the baby was going to live. Pharaoh's daughter tells Miriam to go. And really, Pharaoh's daughter was not just agreeing to get a nurse, but was agreeing to letting the baby live and caring for the baby. Miriam knows exactly who to get, doesn't she? Miriam goes and she gets Jochebed, Moses' mom. She knew right where to find her, and she brings her quickly to the princess. Jochebed, it all works out for her. Instead of losing her baby, she ends up getting to nurse him, getting to raise him for part of the time, and she gets paid for it from Pharaoh's own treasury. Wow, God. It was critical that Moses' mother spend time with him so she could instill in him that he was a Hebrew. Jochebed would have told Moses the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She would have told him about the reason why the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. Jochebed would have instilled in Moses a love and respect for the God of his fathers. Meanwhile, the princess will officially adopt Moses. She gives him the name Moses, which means out of the water. And it's a perfect name. Water would play a significant role in Moses' life. The Nile River, the Red Sea, so on. Moses grows up safely in Pharaoh's palace, right under Pharaoh's nose. So, that's as far as we'll go in the story. And you know, it's likely a story that you've heard before. Uh, it's one of our favorites, right? Uh, good triumphs over evil, uh, Jacobed's great love for Moses, uh, the baby in the basket, all the different ironies involved, and Moses being taken in by Pharaoh's daughter, right? It's so good to see God work. But the question for today is, what does this story teach us about God's protection? And the answer is, a lot. A lot. So we got four points for you, but they're all kind of short. 
Uh, number one, first thing we learn about God's protection is that God protects his people. God protects his own. This story gives us great reassurance that God protects his people. You see, Moses was not only special to his earthly father and mother, Moses was special to his heavenly father. God loved Moses. God created Moses with a purpose. As we talked about last week, God had big plans for Moses' life. And Moses was under the Lord's care. God made sure that Moses was hidden and not found in his first three months of life. God made sure that nothing would happen to Moses in that basket. God made sure that Moses would be found by Pharaoh's daughter. God made sure that Moses would be nursed and raised by his own mother. God made sure that Moses would be safe in Pharaoh's house. God protected Moses through this whole experience. God was watching over Moses every single second. He was in that basket on the Nile River. Hey, our God is a God of protection. God is able to protect. God desires to protect. God protects his own. Now, we kind of know this intellectually, but we need this reminder. We live in a broken, fallen world. There are real dangers out there. We have a real enemy, and there are people out there who do crazy things. So we need to know God protects his people. When we're being attacked, remember God protects his own. When we're being threatened, remember God protects his own. When we have a, a boss, a co-worker, a student, a family member who is giving us trouble, remember God protects his people. When you have a health issue, and things don't sound good, remember, God protects his own. If you've trusted in God, if you've placed your faith in him, then you are a child of God. You've been adopted into the family of God. And just as a father delights to protect his child, so our heavenly father delights in protecting you. When something unfair happens to you, remember, God protects his own. Psalm 121, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. God protects his people with 24-hour protection. He never sleeps. He never goes on vacation. He never takes a day off. God is always there watching, guarding, protecting, just like he was for Moses. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't go through some things. Moses still had to go through this experience. Moses still had to be put in the basket and float down the Nile River. And we have our rivers and our valleys and our storms that we go through. But God is there with us, protecting us through it. He is watching us all the way, protecting us through the river, through the valley, through the storm. God knows everything you're going through this morning. And he's there. Cling to God's protection. Don't run from God's protection the way Jonah the prophet did. But seek the Lord's protection for your life. Now there are times when uh, God doesn't protect the way we want him to. And that's hard. There are car accidents. There are illnesses that lead to death. 
There are tragedies. There are sufferings in this life, and these sufferings are painful. We don't understand why these things happen. And so when God doesn't protect us exactly the way we think he should, we must conclude that he has a reason for it beyond our understanding. But it's primarily in God's nature to protect. Psalm 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And so be encouraged this morning. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, if you are w- walking with God, then the God who protected Moses from Pharaoh protects you. The God who protected Daniel in the lion's den protects you. The God who protected Joseph from his brothers is with you. The God who protected David from Goliath protects you. The God who protected Esther from the vile Haman protects you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob protects you. That's our encouragement today. The God who's protecting Israel for all these years, thousands of years, Israel still here today, that God protects you. Walk with God. Seek his protection for your life. If you need protection today, hide yourself in God. That's the first thing. But you know what? We want to go deeper than that. And so number two, God protects those who can't protect themselves. Now, when Moses was a baby, he couldn't do anything to defend himself. He couldn't hide himself very well. He, he wasn't going to swim in the river. Uh, Moses couldn't fight one of Pharaoh's soldiers, not as a baby. Now, as, uh, as an adult, when he got to be an adult, you wouldn't want to fight Moses. But not as a baby. He was still developing. Moses was in a very vulnerable position in the story. But God protects those who can't protect themselves. When Moses was completely helpless, God was protecting him. When Moses' life was threatened, God was protecting him. When Moses needed God's protection the most, God was there. And he uses people to do it. God worked through Jochebed and Miriam and Pharaoh's daughter to bring Moses to safety. And you know, God continues to protect those who can't protect themselves. We, we live in a culture of death, just like Moses did. The most dangerous place for an unborn child today is the place where it should be the safest, the mother's womb. Abortion, infanticide are still around today. And yet God is moving to protect babies. God has given us medical technology and ultrasounds to protect those who can't protect themselves. You know that uh, God had an engineer named Tom Brown, pictured on the left, all the way back uh, in 1958 in Glasgow, Scotland. Scottish doctor invented the first ultrasound for health purposes. And it took some time to fine-tune the process, but by the 1990s, ultrasounds for pregnant women became more common. And ultrasounds have saved millions of babies. Did you know there are more pro-life pregnancy centers in America than there are abortion clinics? There are 2,700 pro-life pregnancy centers ranging in all 50 states, 
Uh, the abortion provider Planned Parenthood has 585 facilities in only 48 states. According to the Lozier Institute, pro-life centers in 2019 alone performed over 486,000 free ultrasounds. They gave out 731,000 free pregnancy tests. 291,000 women attended parenting and prenatal education class. Uh, Pro-life centers offered material assistance such as diapers, baby clothing, new car seats, and strollers. There's 120 medical mobile units with ultrasounds. There's 14,977 paid staff working at pro-life pregnancy centers and over 53,000 volunteers. I give you those stats to tell you that God is using people to protect life. God is even protecting the pregnancy centers, which often face threat and harassment. God's heart is with those who can't protect themselves. You know, even as adults, we may find ourselves in a situation where we need protection. There's, there's a medical issue, and we, we have no control over it. We need protection. Or there's a, a school, a work situation that's out of our control, and we need protection. There's gossip that's out of control, and we need protection. Uh, we're on the road, we're driving, and uh, we have a tire blowout, or some crazy driver tries passing on your side of the road, and we need protection. We can't always protect ourselves. We have an enemy that wants to sift us like wheat. When the day of trouble comes, our money will not be able to protect us. When the day of trouble comes, smooth words will not be able to protect us. When the day of trouble comes, our hope is that God protects those who can't protect themselves. Now, another important lesson about God's protection. Number three, God protects in unlikely ways. God protects in unlikely ways. This is so good. You know, we expect God's protection to be uh, a knight coming in shining armor, or we expect God's protection to be, you know, a thousand angels showing up. We expect a big show for our protection. But David Thompson writes, if we were to modernize the story, we would have some military force sweep into Egypt and assassinate the evil pharaoh. We would have some special military ops team sneak into Egypt and take out this pharaoh like he was Osama bin Laden. But how did God protect Moses? With a basket, some tar, and some pitch. How did God protect Moses? Uh, with the women, his mom, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam, his sister. Uh, God didn't use an army. He used those people. Before Moses would deliver Israel, he himself was delivered. And Pharaoh appointed the waters of the Nile River as a means of destruction, and yet God used the waters of the Nile River to save Moses. Pharaoh's plans backfire. One of Pharaoh's own family members undermines his plan to save the very person who would liberate Israel from Egypt. Incredible, right? Amazing. Only God can do this. God protects in unlikely ways. Our God protects babies with a basket. Our God shuts the mouths of lions. Our God rescued Paul in a fish basket. Our God kept Joshua's men safe on a rooftop. Our God got into the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego. Our God protects in unlikely ways. And you know, God protects you and I in unlikely and unusual ways as well. Of course, God's given his word to protect us, and God directs our paths, directs our situations to protect us. You know, uh, you don't get the job that you want. That might be God protecting you from something. You don't get the house you want. God might be protecting you from a house that has worse damage than you thought. You get stuck in traffic. You have to take a detour. God may be protecting you from an even worse accident. God's protection may be someone looking out for you. You know, you're upset. You're ready to uh, blow up. You're having a bad day. And then God has a person encourage you who didn't even know that you were having a bad day. That's his protection. Sometimes God's protection is yes to our prayers, and sometimes God's protection is no to our prayers, no to what we want. Really, God's protection in our lives looks like a desperate prayer. You know, something happens to us, and we just start praying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your help in this situation. Lord, I need your protection in my life. I can't handle this. I don't know what to do about this. Lord God, protect me. That leads to our last point about protection. Uh, number four, God's protection leads to faith. You know, this whole story is not only about God's protection, but it's about faith. Jochebed's trust in God was an act of faith. Hebrews 11.23, by faith, when Moses was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Faith, Jochebed trusted God to protect her son. Faith, she relied on God's protection as she sent Moses down the river and believed that God would work things out somehow. Faith, she knew that God's protection was greater than the attacks of the enemy. And God blessed Jochebed's faith by giving her the opportunity to, to nurse Moses and to raise Moses. In turn, Jochebed taught Moses to love the Lord his God with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul. It led to faith in his life. Hebrews 11:24. by faith when Moses was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. How did Moses know to do that? From his mother, from his mother's influence. And so by faith, Moses led the people of God and God protected Moses all his life. When, when Moses stood in Pharaoh's courts, God was protecting him. When Moses stood in front of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's armies were charging hard at him, Moses was protected by God. When Moses faced an angry mob of his own people who were ready to get Moses and wanted to go back to Egypt, God protected him. And, you know, we can serve the Lord knowing that God protects us. We can uh, preach and evangelize knowing that God protects us. We can go on mission trips knowing that God protects us. We can engage in spiritual warfare because we know the one who has our back, the one who protects us. One of the biggest reasons we don't serve God is fear, but we don't have to fear. We can step out in faith knowing that God protects us. Ultimately, God protects us through Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. In the high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed, I protected them, and not one of them was lost, but the son of destruction. Jesus also prayed, I pray that you do not take them out of the world, but protect them from 
the evil one. You know, Jesus is the best protector we could have. Jesus died to protect us from the punishment of sin. And Jesus died to protect us from the sting of death. And the resurrection shows that his protection over sin and death is strong, is powerful. Have you looked to Jesus for protection of your life? You placed your faith in him. In conclusion, you know, what a story of baby Moses being protected by, protected from Pharaoh. And we learned some things about God's protection. We said, one, God protects his own. Number two, God protects us when we can't protect ourselves. Number three, God protects us in unlikely ways. And number four, God's protection leads to faith. And so for next steps then, are you seeking God's protection for your life? You know, when that trial comes, when that problem comes, are you running towards his protection or are you running away from his protection? And then second, are we stepping out in faith, knowing who protects us? Maybe walk in the plans that God has for us, knowing Jesus is our protector. And Lord, that's how we begin our prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you that you care so much for us that you give us the protection that we need. We thank you that you're a God who is on the throne. You're our, you are a God who's there 24-7, watching over us, taking care of things, uh, doing things that we don't even know you're doing. But you do it for our good. You do it for our protection. We thank you, Lord, for this uh, amazing story of the protection of baby Moses. And Lord, uh, he probably wasn't aware of very much of it at the time. But Lord, later on, through his mom and through your word, you told him how you've been, you were protecting him even as an infant. Lord, we seek your protection today. Lord, help us to cling to your protection. Lord, don't let us run from your protection, but to really hide ourselves in you. And I pray, Lord, uh, uh, for anyone who is going through something right now, that Lord, if they're going through a trial, if they're going through a hard time, that you would protect them right now today. Lord, I pray also for anyone who needs to take that first step of protection, that they would seek Jesus for their life, that they would accept you into their heart. They would say, Lord Jesus, I, I need you. I need your protection. I, I, I don't know it all. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I know I need your protection, not just my own. Lord Jesus, be my Savior. Come into my heart. Believe you're the Son of God who died and rose again for me. I want to have a relationship with you. If that's your prayer today, I'd Love to talk with you afterwards. Lord, for all of us, just as we go into this week, protect us, Lord, from the things that would do us harm. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I am so thankful for God's protection. We certainly do need him. Please stand as we sing.
The altar will be open in just a moment. If you're here today and you need God, you have a situation in your life that you really need uh, protection from, uh, we'd love to, to counsel you, to encourage you, to pray over you. Uh, we would invite you to, to come forward. And Lord, we are reminded today that we all need your protection. And Lord, you're a great protector. So Lord, help us to run to you, to hide in you, to just humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you. And Lord, help us to uh, find our protection under the shelter of your wings, because you can protect like no other. Lord, I do pray, again, that you would protect any who are going through a situation this morning, that they would know your protection, that they would know it's real, and see it in their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.